Well, good morning, everybody. How are y'all doing? Good. It's good to see you guys look good and sound good. I like it. I like it. It's third service, so you got to help me out, okay? No, see, that, that was horrible. Um, it was third, it's third service, so you got to help me out, okay? All right. Um, if this is your first time here today, my name is Craig. I am the pastor here. And so let me just say thank you so much for coming. I am really glad that you are here. Um, and you came on a great day because it is Groups Sunday. And so that means you get the opportunity to sign up for a small group here at South Point. Um, and that's what's going on in the lobby. I know some of you walked in and you were like, oh, they transitioned it into a thrift store. Look. Okay, the furniture's not for sale. Those individual little living room hubs are places where you can go and find different group leaders. And so go into each little living room setting, find you a group leader, talk to them. Um, even if that's not the group you like, they can definitely introduce you or help you plug into a group that is right for you. So there's all kinds of groups. So let me just encourage you, find a group today, okay? We're going to do it this Sunday and next Sunday. And so just find a group. Got it? Okay, now, we are in our third episode, our third installment of Salte, and uh, we have been talking about salt, and the reason we've been talking about it is because Jesus is painfully clear in the New Testament um, where we need to be like salt. We need the attributes of salt. In fact, let me just, let me just read our, our theme verse, and then we'll, we'll look at this. Uh, Mark 9.50, Jesus is teaching his disciples, he's talking to them, and so we fit that category of the disciples of Christ so he's teaching us as well. He says, salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? You must have the, you must have the, you, 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 you must have, that, that, was my, that was my only rap I got in me right there, that, and that was horrible. Um, you must have the qualities of salt. So Jesus is saying, listen, you got to have this. If you want to step into your vision, you want to step into your passion, your dreams, your destinies, if you want to do well in life, guys, listen, this is just something you got to get in you. You must have the qualities of salt among yourselves and live in peace with each other. And that's what we're going to talk about next week, how we're going to live in peace with each other. How many need to be here for that message, right? Go ahead, bring your spouse with you. All right. Um, so we talked about different things with salt. The first week we talked about they sprinkled salt on the sacrifices, right? And it was a symbolic reminder of the promises of God. And you have, we've all been given these promises of the Lord, and we don't need to forget them. We need to hold on to them. They are very important. They help guide us. And then last week we talked about seasoning our language with salt, right? Before it actually comes out of our mouth. How many has been working on your language? How many has been working on your positivity? Two of you. Okay, that explains a lot. That explains everything. Um, I think I still have that message. I can just re-preach that thing. You know. um, so today we're looking at a different aspect of salt. We're looking at salt being a preservative. Okay. Now, we don't really use it, maybe a little bit, we don't really use it a whole lot today for preservatives because um, they used it back in the day for, to preserve meat from rotting. Salt has that, that power. Um, we today, I mean, let's be honest, we, nobody really goes and hand cures a ham. I mean, you might, but overall, we have things like refrigerators and freezers, and, and we have a chemical called preservative, right? And it's in everything we eat 10 times over. Any of you still make fresh bread, like fresh bread? Nobody, nobody, if you, okay, a couple of you finally admit it, like he's waiting. Yeah, um, if you make fresh bread, it'll last, you know, on the counter for maybe, like, you know, with no preserves, maybe a week before it gets moldy and stuff. But 
Have you seen this miracle of modern science called white, the white wonder bread? This stuff has so many preservatives in it. I think it's got a shelf life of like eight years. I mean, it's just, it lasts through the zombie apocalypse. It's the only thing that'll be left, okay? Um, so preservatives do that, but that's with food and we get that, but some of us trying to preserve ourselves with some age too, right? Trying to preserve a little, come on, look around the room, a little Botox, a little nip, a little tuck, right? Some of you looking, I'm looking good, right? Some of you even color your hair or your beard, right? And sometimes even the man will color his beard. That's a time-release joke. I have to pause because some of you are like, what? I don't get it. Um, anyway, we, we, we do all kinds of things to preserve food. We preserve ourselves the best we can. Some of us end up in a coffin looking like a pickle, right? We're all pruned up. But anyway, um, here's the deal. When I hear that we're the preservative, you know, when Jesus says, okay, the salt of the earth, you're the salt of the earth, and we're to preserve, we're a preservative. And I heard that even growing up in church. The pastor would say, you know, you're the salt of the earth. You're to preserve, preserve. And I'm like, what does that even mean? We need to understand what we're preserving, and we need to understand what we're preserving from, right? And so here's the deal. Society and culture is very raw, but Jesus sends us as salt into society, into culture, to preserve the kingdom of God and to make an impact, to stop and hold back the enemy's kingdom, to stop and hold back the the rotting deterioration of the morality of humanity. That's a mouthful. Do not ask me to say it again. However, that's we're supposed to make an impact, and we're supposed to do that. And that sounds heavy, right? That's like, that's a lot of, that's a lot of stuff. Here's the crazy thing. Um, and, and I'm sure you've seen this. Um, we live in one of the most prolific countries ever, right? I mean, our, our country, we are, we are healthier than we've ever been. We have, there's less poverty in the world. People are smarter than they've ever been. All of these things are good and on the rise. However, at the same time, and I'm sure you've seen this, at the same time, there's this washing away of the underpinning of morality in humanity. Have you seen this? Like in movies, in books, in conversations, on the internet, all of these things. In fact, last night I had a house full of teenagers and we watched old school Rocky One. Come on, Rocky. You're Adrian, right? And, and cut me, Mick. You got to cut me. I'm not going to cut you, Rocky. Anyway, okay. I love that movie. A lot of great one-liners. Anyway, the rock, like when that first came out back in the day, my parents really struggled whether I should go see it or not because of the violence and the language. And I watch it today and I'm like, this is a rated G fairy tale <laughs> compared to what it was just a couple decades ago. And some of you might say, a couple decades? Really, in the scheme of time, that's not that long ago. And we've come so far. And a lot of times we just say, oh, that's the people or that's the side. No, no. Listen, okay, this is where we get into the deep end of the pool. So let me just pause and say this. If this is your first time experiencing Christianity and, and Jesus and the church, um, I hope today doesn't freak you out. If it does, come back next week. I, I got no excuse. We're just going to go to the deep end of the pool a little bit, okay? We say it's this or it's that, but the truth of the matter is what we're seeing is the advancing of the kingdom of the enemy. 
What we're seeing is this spiritual warfare that's happening. And whether you like it or not, whether you chose to, to get into it or not, you and I are all in a spiritual warfare. And so many times we try to blame things on other people when it's got nothing to do with them. It's got the spirits behind it. Welcome to the deep end of the pool. You got your little floaties on? We're going to do this. So what we're seeing and so what we're preserving, you need to understand something. What we're supposed to be preserving as the salt of the earth is we are preserving the hard line of the gospel and the kingdom of God against the kingdom of the enemy. And we are in that fight. All right. So let me show you real quick. I'm just going to give you a snapshot of the enemy's kingdom. And we're going to talk about for just a little bit. I really want to spend more time on the back end talking about the kingdom of God. Doesn't that sound more fun? So we're going to, but you got to understand who you're fighting. You got to understand. And so the kingdom of God, I mean, the kingdom of the enemy is it's laid out. Quick little snapshot in John 10, 10. It says this, the thieves or, or Satan's or the devil, okay, the bad guy, the thief's purpose, this is his kingdom. This is what it's all about is to steal and kill and destroy. So here, here's a quick little snapshot of the enemy's kingdom. It's, the first thing is what? To steal. It's to steal. He wants, the enemy wants to steal your dreams and your purpose. Here's what happens when you get saved. And this, I love, I love salvation. I love seeing people get saved. And here's what happens. You get saved, you're like, Jesus, come into my heart. I love you a whole bunch. All right? Jesus comes in, forgives you of all your sins, and then it's not done. Jesus, every single time, and then he fills you with dreams and purposes. You have a purpose in the kingdom of God. You, there is a purpose in your life. And God gave you a purpose and wants you to step into that purpose because he gave you works that he wants you to do and you accomplish those works by the purpose that he put in your heart. And this is what the enemy does. This is how the enemy's kingdom works. The enemy wants to get you, whether you're saved or not, a lot of this happens so much in the church, People get saved, and then they spend the rest of their lives looking back at what they've done and repenting about what they did last night and struggling with this and struggling with that and trying to just, man, if I could just cope with this situation, I just, I just want to cope. Here's how it works. It's all about vision. The enemy, he's called the accuser of the brethren. That means he is constantly accusing you of what you have done, past tense. And God says, yeah, he's the accuser of the enemy, but I've already forgiven you for all that you have done, and now I've given you a purpose, and I want you to stop looking back, and I want you to start looking forward, because what's in front of you is better than anything that's ever been behind you. He doesn't want you to cope with what you're dealing with. He wants you to overcome so you can step into what he has already destined you for. So don't just live right there. Don't let the enemy's kingdom win in your life or the people around you. Okay? Don't look back. Come on, look forward. Yeah, but I really need to repent of that one more time because I've only repented 364 times and I'm still struggling with it. Maybe if you would stop trying to cope with it and realize that he has already made you an overcomer and you can just go ahead and turn your mind into the things that God has for you and every time the enemy reminds you of what you have done, you can just laugh and say, that's already taken care of. He doesn't remember it. I don't know why you're de dealing with it. Shut up. It's easier if you just tell the enemy to shut up sometimes instead of listening to him. Okay, all right. So y'all still with me? Okay, here's the second one. So steal, he wants to steal your purpose. He wants to kill. He wants to kill your hopes. Hope. Does it blow anybody else's mind the level of hopelessness that's in our culture? Just, there are so many people that are genuinely, and we look good on the outside. 
Come on, somebody, right? Little nip, little tuck, little smile. What? Right? We look good on the outside, but so many people are struggling with hopelessness on the inside. Just in the United States in the last decade, the suicide rate has increased 25.4% in 10 years. There's a level of hopelessness that we have to understand that God, see, it's not, and we're all the same, and the enemy will lie to you and say, this is the enemy's kingdom, right? He'll say, he'll say, listen, your life sucks, and it doesn't get any better, and it makes you hopeless, but God comes along and says, your life is a struggle, and it's tough, and don't be lied to, everybody's life is tough. In fact, there's a verse in 1 Peter that says, hey, nobody's dealing with anything extra special. We're all dealing with the same stuff. No, nobody's all of a sudden going through more than anybody else in the history of the world, and you are all of a sudden the worst of the worst. It's just not that way. God says, listen, everybody is, is in the middle of stuff, but if your hope is in him, then the deal is you don't just have to st stay with it. You get to go through it, because your hope is on the other side that gives you the power to go through the storm that you're in. And people who don't have hope get to that storm and they get hopeless because they don't have this man named Jesus Christ. People are hopeless. We have hope. We need to have hope. All right? Let me show you this verse, Romans 15, 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Not in your finances, not in your spouse, not in your kids. Somebody needs to hear that. Your, your trust is in him. And when your trust is in the Lord, then and only then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. The enemy's kingdom is all about to kill, steal, and the third one is destroy. He wants to destroy your relationships. He wants to destroy your relationships. It's interesting to me that we are the most connected people in the history of the world. Like right now, on your phone, everybody in here and watching online probably has one or two or maybe even three social media apps that make you connected in your pocket right now. Got a whole world in your pants. That sounds horrible. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. You got a whole bunch of apps on your phone. Let's just, okay, move on. So here's the deal. Um, in 2018, the, a survey came out, and it said that 50% of Americans confess that they're lonely. 50%. How can we be the most connected people in the history of the world, and yet half of us are lonely? See, the enemy wants to separate you because it's just like a herd of animals. If the enemy can separate you, he will crush you. He will get you alone. And even with this groups and all this stuff that you can sign up for today, here's what happens in the church. This is the enemy, and this is the kingdom of the enemy. You get in a relationship or whatever, and then you get a burr under your saddle. I'm sorry, was that too Mississippi for you guys? What's a burr and what's a saddle? You get your panties in a twist. Is that too far? Sorry. Whatever. You get disgruntled. How about that? Something happens with a friend or an acquaintance, and all of a sudden you get a little sideways, and all of a sudden you think they're the problem. They're not the problem. And believe it or not, you're not the problem. They, we have a real enemy, and he wants to separate you because his whole goal is to crush you and destroy you. And his first step is to always separate you and crush your relationships. You need godly relationships. You need relationships. Stop listening to the enemy. 
him telling you that, oh, they're saying this or they're doing this. No, they're not. Well, she should have done this. Why don't you just stop that? Stop listening to the enemy. Tell him to shut up. Oh, I'm preaching better than y'all are thinking. Tell the enemy to shut up. Recognize that we are in a spiritual warfare and we are done letting the kingdom of enemy advance at South Point Church. We're done. Okay, now that's all, that's all the kingdom of the enemy, right? And, and, and at the beginning I said, okay, I said it's our job to hold back the rotting, deteriorating, moral decay of humanity. And we're like, oh, that's a really big task. I don't think I want to do this. I have enough on my plate with work and school and kids. <laughs> right? Anybody? And we have that. And we say, oh, my goodness. And we look at the world, and the world's falling apart. Here, fill in the blank. You are not responsible for the whole world, but you are responsible for your world. You are not responsible for the whole world. And this happens a lot of times. We'll see people get online or on the news or whatever, and something bad happens in India. And they say, well, what should we do about that, that earthquake in India? Let me help you out. It's going to sound harsh, but listen to what I'm saying. Nothing. A hundred years ago, you would have never known there was an earthquake in India. You would have never known. How about we start taking care of our sphere and make a difference in our sphere, and then when everybody starts making a difference in our sphere, we'll start impacting the sphere. But right now, that's just a lame excuse for not taking care of our own junk that we're living in. Pastor be shucking the corn today. <laughs> there comes a time to be the salt of the earth where we have to stop making excuses for something that happened 6,000 miles away and recognize that we're responsible for the, what's happened six feet away from us. Ooh, well, I'm flexing. All right. Look at, look at, look at this. John, and by the way, this verse is tough right here. Okay, John 17, 15. This is Jesus, and he's praying for his disciples. He's praying to the Father God over his disciples, and so we meet that criteria. We're the disciples, so this is the same prayer for us. John 17, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. So Jesus is now saying, listen, they're the same as I am. I'm the salt of the earth. They're the salt of the earth, okay? We are, we're just different. Just as, <laughs> this is tough right here, just, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, be, Jesus be, be, be shucking the corn right here. Jesus said, just, hey, Father God, just as you sent me into the world to be the Savior, the Messiah, just as the Father God sent Jesus, me, Jesus, I am now passing the buck. I am now passing the baton. Just as you sent me into the world, now I'm sending you into the world. So that means, okay, <laughs> hold on to your seat. That means when you walk into work, you're Jesus. Jesus we pray, Jesus, I just ask that you change the atmosphere in my place of work. Lord, let your spirit fall. And Jesus is like, that's why you're there. Jesus, if you would just change my family, everybody's so hateful. And she's like, starts with you. Jesus, our community is horrible, it's falling apart. Jesus, come fill this house with your presence. Did it. You're it. Just reading scripture, right? 
We make a lot of excuses for a lot of things, and we, say, we waste our time on a lot of prayers that Jesus has already answered. And it's in us. Now, you might say, like most people, I don't want to do that. Right? Because 90, I think, and this is my own number, right? No poll taken, just Craig. Um, 98% of the kingdom of God has this attitude of, you know what I just want to do? I just want to hold on to my own salvation because I have a whole lot going on in my life and it's really a struggle, it's really a problem. Have you met my children? Dear God, have you met my husband? And I have all these problems and then I've got work and I've got bills to pay and I've got all this stuff and really I just got saved and so really what I want to do is not really worry about everybody else around me. If I can just hold on to my salvation and just squeak into heaven, I'll be good. And we focus so much on ourselves and all that. And, and so here's the zinger. Are you ready for the zinger? Zinger. Jesus said this. Matthew 5, 13. You are the salt of the earth. But now, if the salt loses its saltiness, if it chooses not to actually be salty, huh, how can it be made salty again? How can we make salty again? Now, let me just say this. I'm getting ready to go into this be, not being salty, and I'm easily going to say that none of us are here are salty enough, but don't get discouraged in that because what Jesus is saying is, listen, you can be saltified again. Is it impossible? Yes. But is there a miracle in the grace of Jesus Christ to be saltified again? Absolutely. And is saltified a brand new word that I just made up? Yes again. <laughs> it is no longer, listen, if you've lost your saltiness, it is no longer good for anything. No longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. I'm sorry. Good for nothing, kicked out, thrown underfoot. How many think that sounds a little harsh coming from Jesus? Anybody? Nobody? Y'all are good with that? I cut this out, this verse out of my first four Bibles. I mean, I was just like, I'm kidding. I didn't really. But it sounds harsh. And here's the It is harsh. But you need to understand that Jesus is not saying this about your salvation, okay? If you've been here long enough, or if you haven't, let me just say it again. It, you are not saved by works. You're not. You are saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. You do not have to do enough good things to earn your salvation, nor do you have to keep doing enough good things to maintain your salvation. We are saved by the grace of Jesus Christ who gave his life for us. But you can fill in the blank. We weren't saved by works, but we are saved for works. We're not saved by works, but we are saved for works. And there's things that we should be doing. There's salty actions that we should be taking. And there's a lot of people that are not, they're holding on to the name of Jesus Christ, but they're not salty. They're not salty. So let me give you some salt preservatives. You ready? Three of them. Y'all still hanging with me? Woo! Are we having fun yet? Here's the first one. Salt is the flavor, right? It, it, it adds flavor. Salt adds flavor. Now, if you take, okay, okay, if you take a glass of water, everybody looking at me? I'm getting ready to test you on what school you graduated from, so pay attention. Horn Lake, South Haven, DeSoto Central, where are you? Arkansas. All right, so if you got, if you got a glass of water and you put a bunch of salt in there, stirred up, do you see the salt? No, no, no. Stick with the no. Stick with the no. no. Do you see the salt? No. But if you taste it, do you, what do you taste? You all passed. You all went to South Haven, I guess. I don't know. Um, so you don't see the salt. The salt 
blends in, dissolves into the water, right? The idea of salt, now watch this, and then I'm getting ready to mess you up, and then I'm getting ready to read you a scripture that you, you think means something different. All right. The idea is not that the salt is seen. The idea is the salt changes the flavor of what it's in. Okay, now watch this. We need to do a better job, and I'm getting ready to say this, and you're going to feel the, the religious spirit pop up in this place. Watch, watch this, watch this. We need to do a better job of fitting into our culture. Did you feel it? The religious people were like, oh, no, there's a scripture somewhere. I don't know where. I don't remember because I don't read my Bible that often. But there's a scripture somewhere, Pastor Craig, that says we should not be anything like our culture. <laughs> Wrong. See, there needs to be a balance. We need to find a better balance. Yeah, I'm getting to the scripture in a second. But there's these people, and I'm, being, I, I'm, just, I'm really trying to be kind. I just want to make a point. They're, they're, I, call them, I call them either super Christians or professional Christians. Have you met these people? They're, they're, they, they dress a certain way, they talk a certain way, they act a certain way, and you can tell from the other side of the world that they are a Christian. Now, now watch, watch. Some people are like, well, what's wrong with that, Pastor Craig? Should we not all be that salty? Okay. When you are that different from the culture you are in, you lose the ability to impact and flavor the culture you're in. The only place that you're effective and the only place that you actually connect is in the salt container. But the salt doesn't do any good as long as it's in the container. The only salt that does anything and changes anything is the salt that gets put into the culture, that is dissolved into the culture, and you might not see it any different. But everything that comes out of its mouth, every action, every feeling, every moment is something that is completely different and it's called the kingdom of God. And we got to find a better balance. I know some of you are still thinking we're supposed to be separate. We're, there's a scripture somewhere. Let me read you the scripture. You're thinking of Romans chapter 12, verse 2. That's what you're thinking of. Look at this. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Right? And right now you're like, I told you, pastor, you're going to burn in hell for leading people astray. Let's read it again. Don't become so well-adjusted. Did he say don't become well-adjusted? No, no. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that, that you fit into it without even thinking. In other words, don't be an idiot. I'm sorry. That flew right over somebody's head. Um, <laughs> here's what he's saying. He's saying... Of course you fit in the culture. And I know, if you're here and you're still struggling with that whole fit in the culture thing, look, you're wearing clothes that fit into our culture. You enjoy air conditioning, you enjoy cars, you enjoy all these things. Guess what? You're a part of the culture. Don't make a subculture of a culture that you're already in. That's better preaching than you think it is, okay? We're supposed to be a part of the culture, but we're supposed to think differently. When everybody else in the world says, oh, that movie's fine, and there's just a little bit of this and a little bit of that, use your brain and your spiritual mind to say, if there's a little bit of that and a little bit of this, then I don't need to be a part of a little bit of that and a little bit of this because I am all salt. I'm just different. I'm just different, and I want to speak life into these situations, not just go along without thinking. I'll finish the verse. Instead, here's what you do. Fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike 
the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the salt, the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. What's maturity? What's well-formed maturity? See, immature Christians want a yes or no, black or white answer for everything. That's just, maturity says, no, no, I can speak into the moment through the wisdom and the lens of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's a difference. There's a difference. All right, here's the second thing. It's real short, real quick. I know you're freaking out. They're already playing the piano, and I've got two fill-in-the-blanks left. Relax. Um, here, here's, this, here's the second thing. Salt makes you thirsty. So this one's real simple. There's a verse there and stuff, but here, here's, here's the whole point of this one. The people at your work, the people at your school, the people in your family, your world, your sphere, are the, the way you live your life, does it make the people around you thirsty for the things of God? Or are you just like everybody else? See, if we're salty, the way we handle situations, the words we use, the emotions that we show, the actions that we do, should make the other people around us thirsty for what we have. That's salt. Come on, just nod at me. Here's the third one. Salt is also a, a healer. Salt has healing properties. Um, you can take uh, salt water and gargle it, right, if you've got a sore throat. You can put salt water. There's like a saline solution that you put in a neti pot. You guys know what a neti pot is? These little, yeah, just not, if you do, don't. It's like this, this tankard thing. I don't know if tankard's a word, but this weird pot, and you stick it up one nostril and tip your head, and it goes through the water, saline solution, goes through your sinuses, cleans them out, and then out to the other side, comes, right, all, all that stuff. Um, they have battery-powered ones that you can stick up your nose and shoot it up there. I got all kinds of stuff. But the saline solution, the salt, it, it'll, it'll help your sinuses. Okay, My friend, one time, he was doing that, and he had really bad sinus infection. He was just struggling, and he said, I need something a little more powerful than like that saline solution. So he opened up his cabinet, and he some of you don't know what this is because it's, it's a little old school, and his bottle was old, too. It was an old bottle of Dr. Tishner's mouthwash. Those of you that are not gasping right now don't know what that is. It's about, I'm going to guess here, I think it was like 80 proof alcohol or something like that. Yeah, some of you wasting your time on vodka. Get some Dr. Tishner's, I'm just telling you. All right, so he put some of that in there. And he's one of my good friends. This happened a few years ago. He said that he, he thought it'll help. And he put it in there and he said immediately there was this searing pain in his head that he couldn't get to. And he screams and then he looks up in the mirror and blood is just rushing out of his nose. He seared his sinus cavity. He had to go to the doctor and stuff. It's hilarious. <laughs> Men laugh at those things. That's just what we do. It's just like, <laughs> you're an idiot. All right. Okay, here's the deal. Salt water, it has curing healing pro pro uh, things in it, right? It it's a healer. However, if you try and force it, if you try and add something to it, man, it'll burn. It'll mess you up. This week, in our community, uh, a church... Um, here in our community, made some statements, okay? They, and, and, and they stood for something, and they made some statements, and because of that, a group of people were ostracized, and they were hurt, and they were wounded. And then, then it went on the news, and it was, it was in the news this week, and so that was in the news, and then it blew up on social media, and so all these people, it was like picking sides, and this people, and this people, or the church, and oh, I'm going to defend the church, or oh, man, that church is horrible, or, or this, and it went back and forth. Here's the funny thing. All that's going on, and I didn't agree, I still don't, don't, don't agree with the church, okay? I don't, I don't agree with what happened. I don't agree with 
how they handled it or whatever, but I also know I wasn't there in that situation. Okay, you track with me. So, um, and what people did was they just jumped on either bandwagon. And every conversation, every word just became more and more divisive. Drawing line. Okay, so look at it this way. Um, I'm getting ready to show you something. And if you'll listen to this, of everything else I've said, if you'll listen to this, it will change your life. It will change our city, our county. It will change this world. If you'll just pay... You say, those are pretty big words. Listen to me. This is big. Okay? I don't care what fight's going on. There's always two sides, right? It can be a racial issue. Okay, black, white, Hispanic, black, you know, whatever. I mean, there's, there's always two. Or you go sexual preference. Okay, well, there's pro-homosexuality. There's anti-homosexuality. I mean, whatever. It doesn't matter what the fight is. Democrats, Republicans, immigration, let them in, kill them. You know, whatever. You got... It does not matter what the fight is. And here's what happens. As salt of the earth, as salt of the earth, our first response, we want to pick a side. It's just natural. We want to say, oh, I agree with them. Yeah, they're right. They're wrong. The, watch this. The minute you choose a side, you stop being salty. The minute you choose a, the minute you choose a side, here's what you're saying. Oh, well, they were right. Now I have added to the division, and now I have separated a group of people from me from ever receiving the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. I want you to hear that. That's powerful. That's more powerful than you're acting like it is. Every decision. Our, 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 our life, we're just not wired that way. We should not be wired that way. We're salt of the earth. That means here's where we live, and it's not a fun place to live, but it's where Jesus sent us. He sent us to the tension of the middle. I don't get to choose here. I don't have the right to choose here. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I choose Jesus Christ in the kingdom of God, and I'm not going to add to division on either side because God's not about division. He's about unity. And so I'm going to stand in the middle so that I am available to them or them to show them the love of Jesus Christ. This is where we belong. Man, do you hear my heart? And see, this is for years I was over, I hated, the, there were churches that would do something or say something or not teach like us or act like us, and I would slam them. And, the, and then the Holy Spirit slammed me right back. And he said, who do you think you are that you have the right to comment on any body part in the body of Christ? It's my body, not yours. So people slam, and I'll just use some big names, you'll know him, uh, Joel Osteen. Okay, do you like him or do you not? I, I'm here. What gives me the right to say whether I like him or See, that's the problem nowadays. We think our opinion actually matters. <laughs> what if we just said, I believe he's preaching Christ. No, he's not. Okay. What else are you going to say? How about this? Nothing. How about we stand as a representative of Jesus Christ, just as he stood before Pilate and refused to speak or defend himself because he knew his character, his integrity could stand for itself. And let me just say this one last thing, and then we'll pray. Get this in your heart. Jesus Christ died for all of humanity, not just the people you agree with. That. is being 
the salt of the earth in preserving the kingdom of God and holding back the deterioration of the enemy's kingdom. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Heavenly Father, I love you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power of your word, and I thank you that you love us. And Lord, right now, I just ask that every single person in this house, every single person watching online, that this week, you put us in situations where we're in the tension of the middle, and you allow us again another chance to be salty, to be the salt, to preserve these beautiful things of the kingdom of God. Give us those uncomfortable situations where we get to be you. We don't have to have all the answers. We just have to be you. We love you, Father. You're here this morning, and you have... You, you don't have Jesus Christ in your heart. I'm talking about all this stuff, and you're just like, man, that's tough. I don't even have a relationship with him. I thought it was this. I thought I had to work for it. I thought I had to do this. Whatever. You know right now in your heart, you know that you need Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I'm not going to call you down front. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in just a minute, and then I'm going to count out loud. I, you are not alone. The enemy likes to lie to us and tell us we're all alone. There's nine in the first service. There's 13 in the second service. I know that there's people in this house right now that need Jesus Christ. I'm not choosing sides. I'm choosing Jesus. How about you? So if you're here, just right where you are, you say, I need a relationship with Jesus Christ. Put your hand up. Come on, put them up. Come on, put them up. Hold them up high. I'm going to count you. I'm telling you right now, I'm looking all over the room. You're not alone. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11. Father, I thank you for these 11 people. And right now, they just lifted their hand to say, I need Jesus. Lord, do it. Do it. This is what everything's about, Lord. Take these 11 people, Father. And you said in your word in Romans that if we would confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, that means we're going to tell everybody, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I love Jesus and he saved me. And that if we would believe in our hearts that Jesus came back to life on the third day, you said that we would be saved. That's it. So now, Lord, from their confession, from their belief, Father, forgive them of their sins. Wash them clean. They step into God's kingdom today. And so, Father, we just ask that their lives be completely changed, that you stamp a brand new passport in their soul, and you make them completely new. And now, Lord, fill them full of your goodness, your blessings, your mercy, and let them feel your presence. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me today. I love you all immensely. Um, if you raise your hand for prayer and you need prayer this morning, um, or you just you raise your hand and give your heart to the Lord, there's a book down here called Fresh Start. It's completely free. Just come get it. Um, and it's going to give you some great next steps in your spiritual journey. And then if you need prayer, there's people down front that would love to pray with you, okay? Stand with me, if you will. And as you're standing, let me remind you that if you are a follower of Christ um, and you want to take communion this morning, there's communion elements down front on both sides that you are more than welcome to do that. Let me pray the benediction, and then we will go sign up for a group. It's time to sign up for a group. Lord, we love you. Father, we just ask right now that the words of our mouth, the meditations in our heart, Lord, they'll be acceptable in your sight. You're our Lord, our strength, and our Redeemer. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's go find a group.